water today. Club faces today. Let's talk about the club, what you should be doing, what I'd like you to be doing with it, and what you're not doing with it. The club face is primary. It is everything. Everything you do is typically a reaction to your club face. You hear all this like fancy talk about early extension, coming over the top, yada, 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 you can name it. There's a whole laundry list of items that golfers and golf coaches like to talk about. I'm telling you now that most of that stuff is a reaction to your club face. Most of it for the amateur golfer is a reaction to your club face being too open. Open for a right-handed golfer is a club face that's pointed too far right of the target. I want to talk to you today about some of the finer points of club face control, how you can kind of work through developing it, and give you some solid checkpoints so you understand like where your face should be relative to your ball flight goals and stuff like that. My name is Tim Connor. I'm the host of this podcast. I, uh, I sit here and I rant and talk about golf instruction. Golf instruction is my, uh, it's my career. It's what I've done since day one. I went to college for, for uh, PGA, Business Golf Management at Ferris State University. Shout out Bulldogs. Uh, what's up? And I've just pursued golf instruction. It's always been my career path. So I've been in it for a while. And um, it's crazy that you can get your whittle your way down so far and then come back to such simple concepts like the club face. Simple in theory, uh, infinitely difficult in practice. Let's dig in. Okay, we'll just kind of work our way back through the golf swing sequentially, starting with the beginning. Most of you set up with your club face pointed too far to the left. Let me grab a, I'm going to grab a, um, a tool to show you. See this little magnet tool here? This magnet shows where our club face is pointed. If you're not watching on YouTube and you're listening, I will have this magnet linked down below in the description so you can buy one. They cost $10. Uh, any magnet that goes on your club to point where your club face is aimed is acceptable in my eyes. And many of you set up just like this club face pointed left. If you look at it from the top down, it's a bit of an optical illusion. That's why I'm such a big fan of making sure you're using something to measure, okay? But generically speaking, many of you set up with your club face too closed when you start. It looks like this. Now, problems with that. Number one, a club that has is more closed is also less lofted. So if you want to hit high bombs, you shouldn't do it with a closed club face. You should do it with a club face that's square or slightly open. Let's talk ball flight fundamentals quickly. Your ball flight is a reflection of your centeredness of hit. Hit it near the middle of the club face. Assuming you hit it near the middle of the club face, it's face and path. Your club face angle, which angle your face points, and then which direction your club swings. For a right-handed player, your club could swing to the right, referred to as inside out, or to the left, referred to as outside in. And then if your club face is closed to that path, it will curve left. If your club face is open to that path, it will curve right. That's your ball flight fundamentals 101. So we want, if we're gonna hit high nasty bombs, we want a club face that's maybe even open to our target, but close to our path. But definitely a club face that's more open or more lofted and a swing path that's more to the right of the club face angle so we can hit it high with all that nice loft on the club. If you come over the top of it and close your club face or you swing to the left and close your club face, you're gonna struggle having much loft on it. As demonstration here, here's what an open face looks like as far as loft goes. Here's what a closed face looks like as far as loft goes. 
there's a big difference, right? So many of you start with your club face closed because you're compensating for not actually knowing how to use your wrists to make your club face more square in the golf swing. That's where knowing how to use your hands and educating your hands and educating your wrists becomes an integral part of your development and learning curve. Because if you don't know how to use your hands, you don't know how to use your wrists, you don't know how to effectively square your club face, you're never gonna hit it consistently. You're always gonna have some kind of wild miss because we can't be doing too much opening and closing of the club face to the hitting area. It just doesn't lead to predictability. You will run into your plateau somewhere. Wherever that plateau is, well, you wanna find that out, that's cool. I really don't wanna find that out for you because I would rather you kept your club face more square, had some predictability, and were limited in your improvement more by your time than you were by your technique. Think about that one for a second. So most players start with their club face closed and the first thing they do in the backswing, check this out. First thing they do is they roll it open with their hands. Right away, we put ourselves kind of in jail because we've rolled it open. Often rolling the club face open in the backswing is associated with not turning your shoulders and your hips. In a perfect world, we start our backswing with our shoulders, our hips, and our arms all turned together in, in unison. And we don't flare the club face open. We keep it, if you're looking at, we keep it, if you're looking at your club face from behind as, as you are viewing a player from behind, say you're watching somebody on the first tee box and you're standing behind them in a safe area, we want that club face slightly angled downward in the takeaway position. That's about waist high. I like calling it one o'clock. If 12 o'clock was straight up and down, it's angled down at about one o'clock. Could be at two o'clock. We don't want it at three o'clock. That would be too far closed. Very few amateurs struggle with club faces that are too closed. Some of you do, you're rare, you're the exception, not the norm. So many of you flare the face open with your takeaway and then you're stuck playing catch up from there, which often leads to a what? Fill in the blank. Leads to a flip. Many of you will flip it because flipping the club face is actually making it more closed. Check this out. So as I move the handle forward, watch what happens to the face. The face points more to the left. As I move the handle backward, the face points more to the left. Excuse me. The face points more to the right for a right-handed player as we move the handle forward. Points more to the left as we move the handle backward, i.e. flip city. So often open club faces lead to flips because that player doesn't know how to use their hands and educate a way to close the club face. There's that. Take the club away. We want it angled down. That's cool. We want our shoulders and our hips and our arms all turning together. That's great. And then when you get to the top of your golf swing, here's some variation. There are good players that play with a face that's more open and a good player that plays with their face more closed. Uh, let's look at Dustin Johnson as an example of somebody who plays with their face more um, closed. And let's look at, say, Annika Sorenstam as somebody who plays with their club face more open. Either way is fine, what I want you to understand. There's just different wrist mechanics that we need to use from different positions from there, and pros and cons to both. But that's where golf is cool because there's variation in the ability to play good golf. You don't have to have this cookie cutter ass golf swing. You can have a golf swing that's unique to you as long as it's functional, it works for you, and you have solid fundamentals like keeping your club face very square to the hit through the swinging area. Square to the hit through the swinging area. I think I said that right. Square to the arc, that's a good thing. Um, so the top of the top of the backswing, variation. Ideally, I like the leading edge of the club kind of in line with the lead hand 
or pointed towards the sky. So if I'm putting my magnet on here, now that magnet's gonna be pointed more towards the sky in a more closed club face hitting situation or angle down slightly if it's more square with our lead wrist. Honestly, I think the top of the golf swing gets talked about too much. Uh, it's more important that you're functional, you have good positions, and you know how to use those positions to make your golf swing work for you from there. Now, the downswing. Here's where the rubber meets the road and most of you get yourself in trouble. Most of you come down into the downswing with no club rotation. There's no twisting of the handle. The handle needs to twist in the golf swing to make the club face square or closed to have some kind of shaft lean, to have some kind of uh, square club club face that doesn't require a flip at the bottom of your swing. Uh, I've looked at a lot of graphs from great players. There's some interesting graphs that float around the internet. But basically, in the downswing, the lead wrist will flex and supinate. Okay, So flexing is like flexing your forearm muscles, supinating for your lead arm or your left arm is rotating to the sky. So flexing and supinating. There's not a black and white moment this happens. What needs to happen is that you do it. So that could start right away when you come down. It could happen later. I would like it to happen mostly by waist high in the downswing, but we wanna get a lot of that work done early in the downswing, and that's my preference, so that your club face is square earlier in your downswing and you don't have to play catch up later. Again, there's some variation here, but it's important that you're flexing and supinating the lead wrist. I say it's almost impossible to overdo. Now those words aren't 100% true because there are players that overdo it. But for you to overdo it would be super rare, very uncommon, very uncommon. Uh, and if you couple that with a club face that starts actually square, not closed, and um, it's likely that you're not gonna overhook the ball as long as you have a good hitting position where you don't flip your wrists. So from there, okay, we've flexed and supinated our lead wrist. I, again, I like that about one o'clock in the downswing with the club face. So that club isn't straight up and down it, about at about waist high. It's angled down slightly. That is a good position. There are players that play from 12 o'clock. I like one o'clock. There are players that play from two o'clock, but 12 o'clock to two o'clock is pretty much your range there. And one o'clock is kind of the sweet spot. Pros and cons again from both, but we wanna just focus on making sure we're operating within what good players do, and then we can go from there. Now, depending on what you're doing from there, here's where golf kind of gets fun. If your club face is more closed, then you're not gonna want to rotate your lead wrists much at all. You're gonna wanna just more rotate your body. Think about Victor Hovland or Zach Johnson. Those are more of like a rotator style golf swing where they get their club face closed earlier in their swing and then they just kind of turn and burn, which I, I kind of like that, but you don't have to swing that way. And then there are players that rotate their forearms more. Um, I think about that. I think about Annika Sorenstam. I think about uh, Adam Scott. He rotates a little more with his forearms. Some variation is going to happen. You're going to need to rotate some amount. It's just if your club face is more open, you need to rotate more. If your club face is less open, you need to rotate less. And that's where we can really use our follow through to help manipulate our club face. So when we follow through, when our arms are straight and we're kind of waist high, if we're really someone that needs a lot of club face rotation, we want that club rotated past 12 o'clock to say maybe even 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock. That would be a lot of rotation. 
or maybe it's a little more open at one o'clock if you're someone who had your club face more closed in your downswing. I know we're kind of, we're talking about a lot here and it's all in words. So I'm doing my best to demonstrate here as I do show the camera, but I'm hoping you can conceptualize this and maybe I can make a follow-up video. Let me know if you have questions or want to see things more specifically. I think it's very important you have checkpoints and you understand how to use your grip style, your wrist bends to make your club face more square because often your everything you do downstream from there will be a reaction, like your swing path, like if whether you flip the club or not, so many of those things happen after the club face manipulation has been made. So moral of the story, keep your club face closed or square. There's a lot more good than bad that comes from that. Understand that there's a range for acceptability for what good players do. You don't have to be on a cookie cutter program, but if you like that, that's okay too. You need to be within the range of what good players do if you want to play like a good player and not get capped out later because you have too many swing manipulations to get through where you're at, get through that plateau. Leave this thing a review, share it with a friend, leave me a comment, uh, let me know what you didn't know, and uh, I could follow up on this topic. It's super, super important for golf development and learning to play the game well, long run. We want to really, our club faces everything. Anyway, I will catch you back here, same time, same place, next week. <laughs>